Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best parody movie. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcast should have a theme song. Podcast should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Okay, now. Okay, now. Now? Now. Are we rolling? We're rolling. Okay. Hold on. Let me put this coaster next to my uh, can of soda. He's at my house. We're recording this at my my house, my apartment, <laughs> my house, my spacious one bedroom house, <laughs> my house that shares walls with a whole bunch of yeah. other houses. <laughs> That's uh, possible. Heis. more than one house. Heis. Yeah. Heis. Heis. Yeah. And I I put out coasters for everybody for their drinks. And Mark joked like I don't use coasters, which is not true. No, I always use. Coasters. I always use coasters. But then I look over and I see the can of Minute Maid Light Lemonade just sitting on this lovely mid century table. Oh, I didn't mean to. It was a. I. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm the worst. Nice, nice, uh, nice buzz marketing for Minute Maid Light Lemonade. Yeah, yeah really. Minute Maid Light Lemonade, only five calories. Won't leave a ring on your wooden table. What's right. Nice. Paul Saborn, welcome back. Hello. Paul Saborn's here. Hello, Helen Mark. I was one. <laughs> I'm right here, Mark. Sitting across from me. <laughs> it's the me. Table. You're in L.A. We're I so, am. We get so excited every time you come to L.A. I yeah. get excited too. It's it, wonderful. We, it's always a treat to see you. You, I'm going to take a little picture right now. Take a picture. That I will post of your your two smiling faces that I get to look. So at we have to smile for the while picture? we record this. Just be excited. Hey, Paul's here! Yay! Hey! All right. I don't know if you really took a picture. That was <laughs> too fast. I, Are you that? You'll, you'll you have never two tell. Kids. Yeah, I do. Have you have two kids, kids so you've got to be lightning fast with a phone picture. Well, they're also 21 and 17, so sure. it's not like they're like phone pictures have been around for a while. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. I've had some practice. Yeah. You so you've spent years pulling out a yes. phone going, boom photo taken <laughs> yeah like jeez that was fat. blurry photo taken <laughs> blurry photo taken oh god we can't miss this moment I'm gonna remember this forever and then you look at it later and you're like was there a tornado happening <laughs> both of your children are Bigfoot collectively right yeah they're, they're always just catching grainy pictures of them in the woods <laughs> they're actually they're the between the ones on the other shoulders as Bigfoot <laughs> yeah of course that's how they snuck in to see Black Panther yeah <laughs> because because one of them was still 17 at the time and uh-huh. yeah or 16 at the time. Have you seen that the the Black Panther? No, yeah, it's a great picture movie. of the two kids who were one no. sat on the other shoulders. Oh, to actually coat, get into a movie. Into Black actually, did it somebody, work? It, no. It if just, I was working in a movie theater and two kids in a trench coat you came left, up yeah. to give to buy an R-rated movie ticket, I would not only would I love that and sell them a ticket, I would never let on that they were anything other than a full-grown adult human. But inside, so you'd be all. When they got inside, they were like. I can't believe that worked. <laughs> well, sir, enjoy your film. Yeah. Sir, enjoy your film. Uh, say there's, if you, if you're looking for something to do after, there's a lovely cigar bar just down the street that's just opened up. They, they cater to proper gentlemen like you. Oh, thanks. I'll check it out. Oh, goodness. There's a bookstore also next door to it that sells pornography <laughs> that you are also legally entitled legally to purchase. Would you like to buy a lottery ticket? We sell those here now. Yeah, we at the do. Movie theater. Yeah, we do car rentals as well. You seem old enough for that. Yeah, you seem 25. Hello, Hi, Paul. Hello, Mark and Hal. This subject. Which you which you heard at the beginning is best parody film. Uh, is was suggested by George Raimondi. Hello, George, and thank you. This is uh, this is. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this is a topic that all three of us can speak pretty well on. I we seem so. like guys that grew up on these movies. Yeah, we're certainly we were of the proper age. Right. For the yeah. golden the golden age of the parody age of films. The parody film. True. 
and we've been here for the dark ages that followed. Yes, we have. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the pendulum doth swing. Here's hoping there's a, a renaissance coming soon and some modern day Medici is going to pay a modern day Leonardo a lot of money to make a parody. Of- hey, you like it a space movie? You make it a one like it ad, but make it a funny. I think, uh, did he- that is here's so a sack racist. of coins. You go make it a movie. <laughs> When when each of you saw that this was going to be, and you selected this, this is one of the topics you selected. Mm-hmm. Did each of you have, and don't say it out loud, but did yeah. he, I had a movie in mind immediately when when I saw that appear. I was like, oh, it's blank. Oh, yeah. well, I did, of course. I had the correct answer in my brain. Still have the correct answer. But <laughs> then I looked at the list and I was like, I feel like I've got, I feel like I know who's going to duke it out for one and two. I, okay. I thought I had it before I started uh, compiling a list. Yeah. And once I compiled the list, I still honestly don't know what my answer is going to be in the next 45 to 60 minutes. Okay. I, like I have, that. I mean, I have a couple top guesses, but, um, so let's, let's, if I may, yeah, please, I, I will, I will say this. Yeah. This. Uh, but, but Paul put together the, uh, put together the, the PowerPoint, yeah. not PowerPoint. And he the, did an uh, impression the, of you the digging into the research by saying, if I may, that's one of your, wait, was that a, was that a, <laughs> no, it's not intentional. Impression? Really? Oh, that is <laughs> some, wait, always, what? you always Subcon- say that subconscious gags. You go, uh, if I, gentlemen, if I may, and then you, then you go into whatever. The if I say is. that on every episode, then we need to have more women on this show. <laughs> That's, that is true. A hundred percent. We need to have more women on this show, but you no do offense, say, Paul. not no even problem. the gentleman. You'll just say, uh, if I may. All right. Uh, if I may. Well, yeah. Well, we only picked, we only picked this topic a few days ago mm-hmm. and I realized, you know, it's not a finite one, like, you know, best of six things or best one or the other. So, uh, I wanted to compile a list, uh, to pick from so that we weren't just trying to pull dumb ideas out of the air right and that made me think a step further than that well okay what constitutes a parody movie what's mm-hmm. parody versus something else like pastiche right what do you think i think a parody movie for my my criteria in building this list was a parody movie takes either a specific film or a specific genre uh presents a number of its tropes mm-hmm for the purposes of comedy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. I yes. would I would define it in the exact same way. I would too. Um 100%. And there are a couple of movies on this list that I'm seeing that I will argue on whether or not they are and, and I put them on this list in, in some cases for the argument right. and and I will probably agree with you. So do you want to go through you you put this into categories? I broke them down into categories by creators slash source because Mm -hmm. there are a finite and pretty obvious handful of sources of modern day parody film and now this is not by any means an exhaustive list of every one of their parody films but no this is a this is a a great it was picking the best of sure you're Um, picking that you're picking who's going to the playoffs this season yeah Mm -hmm. yeah exactly Um, and i don't think anyone would could argue that the 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 sort of uh, the source of modern day parody comedies comes from the work of Zucker Abrams and, and Zucker. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but also I, I appreciate that on this list, you don't have like, um, hot shots part do. Yeah. yeah I, the, I, I, also I here's, it's airplane a, two is actually pretty good. Airplane two is good. pretty good. But uh, in looking over the list, one of the rules I ended up writing for myself was because it's a truism more than a, than a rule is no sequel to a parody film is funnier than the, the original, original parody. parody film. Sure. And thereby, by definition, won't be 
best parody film. Scary, mo- scary good, movie four is not going to win. Yeah, no. good, good way to cut some of the uh, to separate the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. Uh, um, so Zucker, Abrams, and Zucker. Very briefly, he said, pulling up the Wikipedia page for those who are y- a little younger than us, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, Jim Abrams and brothers David Zucker and Jerry Zucker were friends in Wisconsin growing up in the fifties and sixties. Uh, in the seventies, they, uh, we would do sketch and ended up developing, or they, they founded a, a, a sketch theater mm-hmm. called Kentucky Fried Theater and mm-hmm. they made their first sketch comedy movie, uh, the Kentucky Fried movie, which is not a parody film, for example. It is mm-hmm. a collection of sketches and there are parodies within it. Yes. Uh, there's, uh, a sequence called Fistful of Yen, which is a parody of Fistful of dollars right. and, yep. and uh, that movie and has uh, that movie has my favorite opening line of any movie. Uh, the Kentucky Fried movie does uh, because the first movie, the first line of the movie is a newscast, and the <laughs> the newscaster looks out, uh, looks directly into the camera, and says, "The popcorn you're eating has been pissed in." Film at eleven, <laughs> and then the movie starts, and it is wonderful. Uh, but Zucker Abrams and Zucker, of course, the the Ur. Parody film, I think, yeah. uh, the one against most, which against which most should be judged, mm-hmm. of course, is Airplane. Right. We should say before we go into this that what we're going to do is we're going to look at the different creators, much in the way we do frequently on this show, and we are going to select one uh, from each source. One from each source, uh, with a possible exception here or there. If you, if we one have of about us, ten sources. Yeah. Um, so Airplane was their first film. It is a uh, parody of movie di- disaster movies, air disaster movies, mm. uh, the airport series from the seventies. Mm. Also, mm. the 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 plot itself is taken essentially straight from a movie called Zero Hour, which I ended up actually just randomly coming across on TCM about really? a year ago. Oh, uh, the specific device of some of the food on the plane has been poisoned. Half the the plane, including the, both the pilots, have been incapacitated. And there's a guy who used to be a pilot as a passenger who reluctantly is put into the job of landing the plane. Ah, I um, did not know that. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, so airplane. And they are, of course, also responsible for the Naked Gun, uh, mm-hmm. the film version of Police Squad and its sequels, and also Top Secret. One yes. of the greats. One of the greats. Underrated gem. Underrated gem. Yes. Val Kilmer movie. Yeah. Uh, it's making fun of... Uh, Elvis movies and spy movies. Elvis movies yeah. and spy movies. Which yes. is a great mashup. And they are also responsible for Hot Shots, uh, mm-hmm. which was a little later in the 80s, I Top believe. Top Gun parody. Top Gun mm-hmm. parody. Um, we can talk about those a little bit, or we can just say, obviously, Airplane is the one that's going to win I mean, this category, but let's I, discuss let's, why, let's, maybe. Let's, let's talk about the Zucker Brothers. Hold on a second. What? You think it's not Airplane in I this think, category? I think it could be Top Secret. You're an idiot. I think Top Secret, I top love to you. bottom, is uh, might be a funnier movie, and maybe avoids... I mean, look, they're, they're both going to be problematic. Yeah. And and as the, as, as the Zazz team <laughs> uh, moved forward in time, they certainly... Uh, their political ideologies came through a bit. At more. least, at least right. one of the brothers. One of, one of the brothers one of the is brothers. a is a conservative. Yeah, yeah. who did and, an American Carol, which right. is another parody film that wouldn't yeah. even make this list because it's yeah. not pretty funny. terrible. Yeah. Uh, Air, airplane is Air, airplane is great. It's a classic. I would take both of them mm-hmm. to a final. Frankly, mm-hmm. airplane is just airplane is the one to beat. Airplane set the the pattern of take the thing, mm-hmm. make fun of its tropes, 
but love the thing that you are making fun right. of, which yeah. I think is going to be a criterion L- for you the winner. You have to love the genre. A true good and, and lasting parody comes from a place of love and not just mockery, and we'll get right. more into this shortly. Uh, and it also set the pattern of the rapid-fire joke machine. Yes. And also the it, and, and the setting of the reality that is not – Within the real, the same reality that the the source material had, yeah. or reality itself has. It's it's um you know it's uh, Robert Hayes turning Robert Hayes yes. it? yeah, yeah. It's Robert Hayes turning the camera and directly into the lens yeah. saying what a pisser or it's <laughs> yep. uh, in Top Secret it's um one of the characters just drinking gasoline because he's the to pre- he's just the toughest it's guy chocolate moose yeah chocolate <laughs> moose he just drinks a big gallon of, he carries around a gallon of gasoline that he's drinking like yeah they, they mm. don't have to live within a reality but, and, but i didn't mean to call you an idiot before I, i've been feeling bad about that uh, oh it's okay by the way but it's um t- but it's airplane i can't remember which of the resi- uh, resistance fighters it is uh, what, what his name is but the actor is the same guy who plays the head butler on downton abbey Oh, right, 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 uh, right. His name is escaping me right now. He's a fantastic uh, actor. For those who don't know Top Secret, uh, it is basically uh, this American pop star infiltrates a French resistance against – Well, he's uh, – he's, uh, Val Kilmer is, is Nick Rivers who's right. like a, a, a an opera singer – uh, is unable to make a cultural. Uh, I was going to try event. to give the short version. It's in East Germany, <laughs> so he's brought in instead. And in scene one, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Hold on. But from where you were, uh, scene one A. He's fi- he's fighting. Uh, no, the point he's I was fighting ma- the Germans, yeah. uh, uh, communist Germans. Right. The point I was making is that all of the characters we were like chocolate mousse, or I don't remember his name. It was all of these French resistance names for all the characters, and yeah. they were uh, souffle was one. Yeah. Um, are you pulling up the list? Of I them? am. Hold on. Uh, Chocolate Moose was, of course, the black one. Yes. Um, who drank the gasoline? Who drank gasoline? Um, yeah. Anyway, it's a it's a it's a very very funny. I know you. Yeah. Why we, why do you think that this is like I, I think rivaling airplane? The, the reason why I think it's I think it's maybe a little more of an achievement is because it manages to deftly parody two different genres of film at once mm-hmm. and and hits the 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 right notes for each one mm-hmm. um including like uh I, the musical numbers are great the first one is straight in the rug skeet surfing straight yeah. your rug skeet surfing skeet surfing his um his are you lonesome tonight which is about macy's which is where he grew up as a kid mm-hmm. he grew up in a macy's mm-hmm. and it's like about an electric blanket uh that burns down like a house. It was a, it was a Macy's ad. It was, uh, it was, he wrote the jingle. Uh, he wrote a jingle for Macy's. Right. And it was, are you lonesome tonight? Is your kitchen a fright? And it went from there. It was just a, uh, yeah. Um, I don't think this rivals airplane though. I, 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 I will give top secret a lot of points for being very consistently funny. Mm-hmm. And yes. your point is well taken. I think I give an edge to Airplane for a couple of reasons. First, it because it was it the trailblazer. The sure. Second of all, I think it looks a little better as a movie. Like it feels more movie. Like Top Secret always, for some reason, felt like it. It like you look at it and it felt like it had a lower budget, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a and lot it more showed. Sense. Yeah. Like Airplane, you know, grand most of it's set on an airplane set, mm-hmm. but it's somehow so it, it had that cinema a bit more cinematic the sense of feel. Danger. The thing that will really give gives it the edge for me is it also found the secret of taking serious actors like Robert Stack mm-hmm. and Les, uh, Leslie Nielsen, especially, mm-hmm. uh, and also, uh, Lloyd Bridges. Yeah. And 
realizing that they could be funny, not by changing their acting style at all, but just putting them in this situation, have them say some ridiculous things very seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, and Leslie Nielsen built the entire latter part of his career off of this. Sure. Uh, which for better or ill, but like, I think that was an important enough discovery i guess for the parody genre like well you did yeah. have and it, it was repeated again uh omar sharif and who else was in top secret the i remember omar sharif was in top secret and was very funny yeah um uh, peter cushing's in there peter the cushing bookstore guy that's right and he's holding a uh, the, the, a magnifying glass up and then you just realize it's, a it's just glass. His, he's yeah. got a giant part of his face um that scene is one of that would put Top Secret. Uh, that scene puts Top Secret in the pantheon for me. That because uh, it's it's filmed. Uh, it's supposed to be Swedish. Swedish sounds like English backwards. Oh yeah. So they filmed the whole scene that is, backwards. Yeah, that is that is a tremendous achievement. It I is will an incredible absolutely incredible achievement for that too. But I have to. I mean, and, yeah. It's got to be the, But they say the lines in English, so the everything yeah. they're doing works when you roll the film back. But it sounds like gibberish. Yes. Yeah. When they speak. Yeah. It's so it sounds like Swedish. Um, <laughs> but I, I just think if you stack the one up against the other, I feel like just, just from the, 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 uh, pacing of jokes coming yeah. through on airplane and, and a lot of iconic ones and, you know, they're, everything's a little problematic given it's given right. what was more acceptable as sexist humor back then versus modern, the modern day eye and such. But so I will homophobia say, in there. There's some homophobia. Yeah, there's so some racism, there's racism in there. In there and I don't mean to excuse it away, but it's, it's Chocolate also, Moose is also racist. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, you, you, we do a lot, and that happens on this show a lot where we have to, where we wind up, uh, comparing and contrasting older, uh, older things through a, yeah. a 2018 lens or very modern lens. Um, that said, um, there is, I think, a bit of, I don't think any of it was mean spirited in that, um, in that it's the same, in, in the same way that Andrew Dice Clay had his motto of, for better or for worse, and whether these were executed successfully, uh, is arguable. Right. But, uh, the motto of offend no one by offending everyone. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these, and again, we're, we have to look at it in the context of when it was made. Right. In the seventies. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And also, for the most part, at least as I'm recalling, there wasn't a lot, of, a lot, most of the humor in that, Ilk wasn't making fun of those people strictly because, like, the joke wasn't just this guy's gay or this guy's right. African American. The joke was this old white lady speaking jive. Right. Uh, it's not don't two. black people talk funny. It's the joke is. It's the contrast of contrasting of, yeah. of the two. And it, and it wasn't like listen to these dumb black people talking dumb. Right. It, or listen to this gay, listen yeah. to this gay guy talking gay. Like, yeah. It was John, are you talking about Johnny? Uh, Johnny in the, in the tower. Yeah. Yeah. Was one of my favorite characters. I can make a hat. Movie. I can make a pin. <laughs> He's yeah. So, yeah. Cause it, it wasn't about Johnny being, uh, effeminate that was funny. It was that he was just the snarky. He was just, jerk he was just there in, to throw shade. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, he was, it was literally throwing shade at one point when he unplugs yeah, right, everything right, right. and turns the lights off. Yeah. The, the real racist thing, just, uh, so we can get it out there is probably the Peace Corps sequence where the, the tribe they go to visit knows how to play basketball right away when they put the hoop up. Oh, right, which is, right. Yeah, there's problematic scenes. It's 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 racist. It's not as terrible as other racist things could be, which doesn't excuse it's it. It's not but. Mickey Rooney in yeah, we're Breakfast not, yeah, Tiffany. Tiffany. Yeah. Right, absolutely. But I, just to 
I agree. And yes, by the I, way, to our listeners, we realize we are uh, three straight white guys tiptoeing around racism right now. Yeah. Welcome to podcasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and the internet in general. Yeah. Uh, I just want to talk – can we just talk very briefly? There's no way it would be Naked Gun because Police Squad is the perfect version of Naked Gun. Right. Yeah. The show but is at ten times funnier. Those Naked Gun movies are really funny. I, yeah. I just want to very... call out my two favorite gags. Sure. If you want to talk about favorite gags sure, besides sure. Mark. Oh. Uh, my two are – they both take place at the baseball stadium. Of course. One is when they show the baseball bloopers, mm-hmm. which – Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they always show like the, somebody drops a fly ball or falls over. They have one where a guy jumps for center field and his head flies off when he hits the wall. Yeah. But the best one is a second baseman taking a grounder and then getting attacked by a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one. The other is at the very end – when Nordberg is in a wheelchair, Nordberg played by uh, O.J. Simpson. By O.J. Simpson, problematic. And uh, <laughs> and he taps and he like pats Nordberg on the back, uh-huh. and Nordberg rolls down the stairs and then hits the rail and does a, like a full twisting layout over it as mm-hmm. Priscilla Presley goes, "Oh, Frank, everyone should have a friend like you." <laughs> I love that visual; it's hilarious. And I, I I do also love the bit of where uh, the bad guy is shot and falls off the back of the bleachers. And then gets hit by a car and then gets run over by a steamroller and then gets walked over by a marching band. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Playing Louie Louie, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot to love in the, in the Naked Gun movies. Um, but uh, there is a, there's a fourth Naked Gun movie, um, that I don't know if I'm, I, I met one of the Zucker brothers. Okay. Uh, out one night, um, at a clan rally? At a clan rally. No. <laughs> it was the conservative one though. He's a very nice guy. And um there is a there is a script for a fourth uh, naked gun movie. Oh yeah. Um and just, just would... waiting for the technology to bring Leslie Nielsen back. No, uh he he wants uh, it's Leslie Nielsen's son. It's Frank uh, Drebin's son. Uh, of course. Uh but the movie I I don't want to give too much from what I heard of it away because I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but it is a great title, which is uh the Naked Gun, what, four, 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 whatever. Yeah. Because it was two and a half, 33 and yeah, a third. Three. I don't know, 4.444 or whatever. Then the Naked Gun 4, Nordberg did it, is the, uh, <laughs> oh, is the name of the movie. <laughs> oh, there you uh, go. So, uh, when all is said and done, how it is airplane. It's airplane. It's airplane. Okay. I just, it, you I scared thought, us for a minute. As I was talking about, uh, I was thinking about the part where Leslie Nielsen is telling all the, uh, he's trying to calm all the passengers down. And li- like clearly lying to them, and as he's doing it, his nose starts growing. <laughs> yeah, so ridiculous. It'll be perfectly fine. There's nothing to worry about at all. Um, well we, underhand. We could spend a lot of time on a couple of these categories, so I'm going to go to one that's an easy choice that I think makes it into the finals, and mm-hmm. that's we're going to skip over to Mike Myers, Austin Powers, Austin Powers, the spy. Yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, uh, International Man of Mystery, the first yes, one. Yes, the yeah. first one. Yeah. Uh, arguments could be made that the spy who shagged me and Goldmember are better. Those arguments would be wrong. Yeah. Who would? argue that uh, uh the spy who shagged me was a lot of fun had a great soundtrack the yeah. the visit Gold to england was, like the mod bad. all the mod stuff was yeah. and great, they but, all have very funny all, parts yeah with the original them. austin power i think the original one work but the first yeah. one is and again just the fact it, like the way it came kind of out of nowhere yes. uh unexpected uh i think yeah it, i mean you know it was mike myers at his funniest and least uh irritating yeah yeah because when he's when his head can't fit through a door, his movies get worse. Yeah, right. And he was coming off of off of a couple of uh, down. You know, Wayne's World Two wasn't as good as Wayne's, Wayne's World One. Right. So I married an axe murderer had bombed. So he wasn't right. really anybody. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't the huge star he had been 
three, four years before that. And that mm-hmm. movie, I remember seeing posters for it in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. So I was in college when it came out. And I would, I would look at it and go, is this fake? This can't be for an actual movie. And then the movie came out and it was brilliant. Yeah. And then I, and the other thing that I find interesting about that movie is it is a parody of partly of James Bond movies and spy thrillers of the 60s and 70s, but as much uh, a parody as well of films that already were kind of parodies like um, Our Man Flint, yes. which mm-hmm. uh, starred uh, James Coburn. Which was kind of a it in itself was a parody of the the Sean Connery James Bond era mm-hmm. from back in the sixties. Right. I, I, in, in one degree, it's sort of a hat on a hat, but it's so lovingly done uh, and well executed. Uh, I think it belongs up there. Um, so let me while we, we since we moved to uh, Mike Myers now we've sure. covered the Zucker brothers. I'd like to just go over for our listeners what the other categories that we have are, so that. Um, so they know what we're going to be going through. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about Zucker, Abram Zucker. Yep. We've talked about Mike Myers. Uh, we've also got, I'm going to get back to one of these. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Mel Brooks. Yep. Of course. Christopher Guest. And the Christopher Guest verse, shall right. we say. The Christopher yeah. Guest verse. Uh, the Cornetto trilogy. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. The Wayans verse, uh, scary movie. I'm going to get you sucker and don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Uh, with Team America and basketball. And then, um, we have, uh, Friedberg and Seltzer who made, uh, some. Yeah, we all, I put that in there not because we think any of them are good, but mostly to call them out, uh, because they're really not, you know, parody can be come out of a place of love and appreciation for mm-hmm. what you're doing. And then, uh, their version of parody is really more just sort of references and disdain yeah, for them. Like, like what, what's yeah. really popular? What can we churn out a movie about? Oh, uh, I don't know, uh, the, the Twilight books. Okay. Was, right. was not another teen movie the first one that they did? Uh, I don't know if they, if or was that Wayne's not verse? An, uh, no, I no, don't know not that not Wayne's. another teen movie was them. I, I think they were, that was created by somebody else, but it was in that same, that same yeah. thing. genre um, and yeah. era. And then we have a category of wild cards, uh, as well. Now, I skipped one of the categories yes, on here. Yes, you did. I did, because I want to talk to you about this. You have listed, uh, defend these as, as parody movies. Uh, Monty Python's yep. Holy Grail and Life of Brian. I put them in there partly because as I started my search, uh, there was an IMDb list that somebody put together of best parody movies. There were several different lists like that. Sure. And in every one of those lists, Monty Python and the Holy Grail was at the top of the list. And that was what made me start to wonder, do those qualify as parodies or not? I they can't are. I can't think of what it's parody. They are funny. They're, I mean, they're, 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 life of Brian, you, life of Brian, you could say is a parody of biblical epics. Well, that's just because it's of, but, the, of the location. Exactly. The, yeah. Exactly. It's, I, I think when satires. it comes down to it, while Holy Grail is kind of, you could say it's parodying, you know, the Excalibur and Arthurian legends and such. And you could say Life of Brian is parodying biblical epics. And there certainly are parody aspects to some of the parts of it. I think the movies themselves more are comedies in similar settings to those movies. I don't think they actually count as parody. Yeah, there's sketch shows. There's sketches. Yeah, yeah there's sketches. That one thing. We yeah. have, that have a, uh, that have a through line. Yeah. That is a, a who, what, and where. And while I love them, and I certainly count both of those movies amongst my top Five or ten. Oh, they're wonderful, wonderful uh, comedy. I don't think they make the cut for parody movies. No, I don't think so either. They are pastiche. They are loving uh, allusions to mm-hmm. and 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 apings of uh, particular genres and works, but I don't count them as parody. Yes, I just hid the column from this spreadsheet Lovely. just to make it go away. 
It didn't hide on mine. Is it? Con- it, it will go be away. It'll go away. You refresh. Um, you have to get on the right, Wi-Fi. Do you want to? Do you want to go through one or two or more of these before we go to a break? How's time yeah. for you guys? I, we're fine. Okay. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's go. go let's go later in the list because I want to. I want to save the Mel Brooks movies. We're going to need a minute with sure. some Mel Brooks movies. Yeah. Sure. I also want to. I also think we should eliminate Christopher Guest movies out of hand. Because that was going to be the next question. Yeah. Although, well, here's the thing. I I put together the Christopher Guest verse that like the Christopher Guest movies of Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, Mighty Wind. Right. Uh, I, I think are in the same yeah. category as the Python movies. They are funny. They are set within. Uh, worlds that you've seen and you could say they're parodies of documentaries mm-hmm. yes uh but i don't find them specific enough to really right. be counted as parodies yeah, they feel like their studies. own genre of because when i yes. think of christopher guest movies mm-hmm. i don't think that's a parody movie i think that's an improvised character study yeah yeah uh and uh i noted the big picture in this list that was christopher guest i think first movie he directed it was and there that. are parody elements within that but mm-hmm. again the same deal the movie itself isn't a parody it's it's a satire but then the question becomes and while this isn't a christopher guest movie per se this is spinal tap is another one that came up very high on all of these lists and is the closest i would think you could make an argument that it is a parody of Rock documentaries like mm-hmm. um that I would I would I would consider leaving uh, that in contention. I I might, but at its heart, I think it is more a lampooning of these type of rock groups. It's than uh, it is it's about the rockers than more than the movie. It's right. about the yeah, it's about the characters. It's it's less about that. It's it's sort of aping a particular style. Like it's not yeah. making fun of the western. Yeah, or it, or even making fun of documentaries. It's yeah. using it as a as it's, a character yeah. study to to satirize the rock bands. Right. Are we get, now? Are just I'm to play just to play devil's just advocate? Go ahead. Just to play devil's advocate. Are we? Um. Are we getting too narrow into the? genre that airplane created i don't think so okay then if that's the case um i feel like a lot of these any movie that has its weirdly that has a basis in a reality uh that is that is solid and not fluid (laughs) seem to be less likely contenders for a uh best parody movie because case in point Shaun of the dead hot fuzz and world's end Mm -hmm. um they 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 are lampooning zombie movies or cop movies. Are they doing it in the same parody movie style, or are they doing it just as self-referential? That is an comedies? interesting question on those. I those are a lot more problematic. Isn't the right word? I guess mm-hmm. tough to call for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not obvious straight-ahead parodies. They certainly right. are loving. Like pastiches in the, the stuff. gun in like the Like Hot Fuzz, I think, is the closest. That's the toughest one to call because yeah. it is at the same time a, a loving recreation of these action movies, mm. but also taking all of those uh, stereotypes and tropes and turning most of them on their heads. But then again, at the same time, by the end of the movie, they are lo- just embracing all of the right. things that they were were sort of turning away from and, and putting a spin on in the beginning. Yeah. I, the one thing these three films have in common – uh, uh, besides the fact that they're all, I, I think they're all modern masterpieces. Absolutely. Yeah, masterpieces. Again, it's, all of these movies that we're eliminating are not because they're not no. excellent, excellent comedy. Well, some of them. Uh, Hot Fuzz. <laughs> you want to stand up for Spy Hard right now and tell us how great it is? <laughs> You've got, yeah, Weird Al did the. Uh, that, the best thing about Spy Hard is Weird Al doing the uh, opening song in yep. the style of a James Bond. You're just movie. making my argument for me. I just lay the trap out and you walk right in. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, <laughs> I wasn't going to. Uh, I wasn't going to root for this. Yeah. 
but Hot, Hot Fuzz is not only a great like a it's I, I would call it almost a tribute like a love letter yes, to the it cop is film. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's also a great cop film. Yeah, that's the beauty yeah. of all of those movies. Shaun of the Dead. It's a great zombie. It's a lampooning of zombie movies, a tribute to zombie movies, and just a great damn zombie movie. Yeah, yeah, I think, which is an amazing achievement. I think the parody movies have an element of here's what's kind of dumb about these movies. Yeah, we're gonna mm-hmm. point out what's what's dumb this does point out some of the things about it that seem that wouldn't that aren't realistic Mm -hmm. but it's it's done in such a loving way that to me it doesn't fall under parody it's almost its own yeah it's it's a it's a fine line between tribute and Mm -hmm. parody to be sure again i feel like hot fuzz it points out the the idiocy of so much of uh of action movie tropes uh, you know, in, within the text, you know, Simon Pegg's character is basically, basically there as Nick Frost keeps asking him, you ever, you know, jumped and jumped sideways fi- whilst right. firing a gun? And, yeah. and, and he's, he's calling out how ridiculous and unrealistic those things are. And then they turn around and, and they wind up doing do every yeah. single one of those things I in the end it. of the movie and, and everybody's embracing it. Uh, it's a tough call. I, but g- given the list of other options we have, I am willing to eliminate them just because I think there are other more obvious parody choices right. available to us. Yeah, it's it's its own it's its own thing. Although they do in Hot Fuzz in all of them, the way they edit everything. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's just like, and that's yeah. them like writing out a receipt. Yes, right. for something you bought in a pawn shop. Yeah, that's an Edgar Wright. Uh, yeah, uh, standby, smartly edited. Um, like he, he does pick apart. It's almost a deconstruction. Mm-hmm. It's a deconstruction rather than a parody. Yeah, is what I would say. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And uh, you could also say the same. While it doesn't apply here to uh, the TV series, they all originated on Spaced. Oh right, which right. Uh, has again a, a lot of great little parody moments within it. And but much of it is just you know loving tributes and deconstructions of mm-hmm. of uh, a lot of pop culture that that they and we grew up with. Right. If you have not watched Space. Spaced, excuse me. Spaced. Two seasons, very easy to watch. Go find it. Um, well, we have, I feel that we have given no short shrift to any of these, uh, films. Yep. I feel we can safely eliminate from contention, uh, the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Uh, Mike Myers. Uh, uh, well, Austin Powers. I, I are we holding on to Austin Powers? I think Austin Powers is close enough to, to it, a it, it, close enough to actual lampooning and parodying. Okay. I think that, uh, that counts as but a we're finalist. losing, we're losing the Cornetto trilogy. Losing and we're Cornetto losing, um, Monty Python. Uh, Monty Monty Python. Python. Yep. Yeah. And right. of course, Friedberg and Seltzer, which, um, uh, as, as we spoke of, it's, you know, their, their output comes from, uh, lazy references. No real affection for what they're lampooning and just opportunistic yeah. churning yeah. out of because the movies happen to have done well enough to have made money. So yeah. they just keep churning them out. And when we were talking earlier about, um, the dark ages, I'm actually not even hiding that column. I'm deleting that column. Oh, delete good. that column. Oh, that is before you do that though, those Sorry. movies, should we even say the names oh, of them? They, they, they wrote Spy Epic Hard movie. Yeah. Meet the Spartans. Disaster movie. The starving games. Yeah. Like these. Yeah. It's not, it's, but it's not even that, they use that as the, as the pretext and then they just do whatever's hot. Yeah. Like, and, oh, yeah. we're going to have a movie where everybody flosses because flossing's hot right now. And the, um, uh, the, the stereotype of those movies, which is essentially true, is most of their jokes are based around, hey, remember this? You know, they just yeah. show some, yes. somebody would show up doing the Macarena or someone would show up dressed as Britney Spears to do a one line or, you know, it was, yeah. it was just like, let's throw in these pop culture references, point at them, and that'll be a joke. Yeah. It's basically the hanging at knots or the Bill and Ted Halloween uh, show at Universal where it's like, 
Here's a ridiculous bit, and uh, somebody from pop culture you remember from this last year is going to come on screen and fart, and that's pretty <laughs> yeah. much what they do. Yeah. Uh, Star Farts was actually a pretty good movie. I like yeah. that one a lot. That was Friedberg and Seltzer's lesser-known work. Star Farts. Uh, All right, let's take a break. You want to take a break? Uh, we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we are going to take a look at the Wayansverse, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, some wild cards, and of course, the work of... Mel Brooks. Little Melvin Brooks. Coming up next. Hey, it's Jana Varney of the JV Club Podcast, and I am so excited to be joining Maximum Fun. If you're not yet familiar with the JV Club, it's a podcast with me and some of my favorite women, and in the summer, men, as we explore the highs and lows of our terrible teenage years into our adult lessons. For example, hear about Allison Bree's humiliating moment at a gymnastics competition. Experience the shame of a knocked-out tooth with Jamila Jamil, or drop in as John Hamm imagines what would happen if Bambi met Godzilla. So join me and all my once-awkward, often-still-awkward friends every Thursday by subscribing to the JV Club on MaximumFun.org. Hi, I'm Paula Poundstone. And I'm Adam Felber. Adam, I haven't gotten one thing done today. Well, let me see your to-do list. Ah, yeah, well, here. Make 30-second promo for Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, so at least you're getting that done. Score! Except you haven't said what the show is about. We're like a comedy field guide to life, starring me and you. I give useful advice, and we have real experts to talk about things like how to keep a friend or what to do when you encounter a bear. Bully for you, but you haven't said where people can find the show. Oh, MaximumFun.org, or wherever you find your podcasts. We're back. Uh, fellas, we've this, oh, first of all, oh, this oh, list is oh, amazing. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Paul, what? What? Oh, oh, oh. That's how you came in. You're like, hey, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you turned into Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I don't like this at all. Order I'm leaving. Uh, 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 you, you can't. Well, leave. That door locks from the inside. Well, well, what, 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 what constitutes well, a parody? Well, guys, here's here's the thing about parody, fell. It's <laughs> got to be funny first. Yeah, well, uh, hold, hold on. Well, no, no. First. Uh, Uncle Billy, what did you do with all the jokes, oh, Uncle Billy? Oh, it's a pickle, George. It's a pickle. <laughs> you don't understand. We're talking about bankruptcy and police and people making fun of us. <laughs> all right. Uh, enough butchering of uh, of It's a Wonderful Life. Can we do the Wayne's verse? Because it's really easy. Scary movie. I'm going to get you, sucker, and don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. I will give points to I'm going to get you, sucker. which I'm going to get you, sucker is so good. It's a very great. funny blaxploitation uh, parody. Who is it? Yes. Who's the actor that comes in in the platform shoes with goldfish? Oh, them? my God. Oh. He's, the, he's the pimp. The pimp. And he's break. wearing his platform shoes. Have actual goldfish tanks in them. That's yeah. the funniest thing yeah. about that movie. That and Chris is what Chris Rock. Is Chris Rock with the uh, get one rib when he comes in and tries to buy one rib, and yeah. then I'm uh, hungry. He he tries to convince a a food service worker to sell him one rib because he's hungry and he only can afford one rib. Yeah. Pour some coke in my hand for ten cents. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then his last line of that scene is brilliant, which is. Can you break a hundred? <laughs> oh, that's so perfect. Uh, you have the feeling he maybe did some rewriting on that scene. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Like um, on the fly, just Chris Rock goofing around. I listed them mostly. I, I have, I will honestly have, have not seen most of the movies in the Wayans verse, mm -hmm. but there is certainly a great, a grand list of movies that I didn't even list here that are in that kind of Friedberg Seltzer realm of 
Yeah, Easy Pretty Wayans Brothers. Quickly, quickly put yeah. together, uh, lazy, lazy looking parodies, certainly lazily titled parodies, every one of which seems to, ha- to have a Wayans brother involved, mm-hmm. usually Marlin, but mm-hmm. sometimes other extended Wayans. But they've done some good ones too. They scary, have. The first scary well, movie. That, really, I put them in here because the first scary movie may really, be in contention. Really great. Yeah. It, it may be. I, I don't, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't think it's going to win anything, but yeah. I figure it was worthy of mention it, excuse me, and potential discussion. It has been a very long time since I've seen it. I remember being funnier, far funnier than I expected. Yeah, it was, it's legitimately a funny movie. It's, it walks the tightrope between a, an airplane type movie mm-hmm. and a date movie type movie mm-hmm. where they, they lean a little too hard in pop culture. I just think that, I think I'm going to get you sucker as like a forgotten classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think people sleep on it. I don't think, I don't think enough people remember it or have seen it. Yeah. If we ever do another one of those cinematic, Cinema, uh, true crimes. Yeah. Panel, I'm going to bring, I, I'm going to get you sucker. Real crime. Because I, I'm, yes, real crime. I will bring, yeah. I'm going to get you sucker because I think it's so yeah. good. Yeah. And the we o- don't talk about it. The only reason I would withhold my vote for I'm going to get you sucker is because I believe there is a better black exploitation parody that I think actually is a finalist uh, to jump over to the category of wild cards, is which is sort of single, single source. You no, know, and that's black dynamite, which yeah. I think is a phenomenal hilarious movie done with real craft and such genuine affection for the uh original genre uh, it's michael jai white right. uh starring as black dynamite an obvious sort of shaft uh knockoff and making fun of that whole era of black exploitation action films um and it's just oh it's so good it's so well put together and true to the original um aesthetic and and plotting and it just gets you know but of, of course it ramps it up to the ridiculousness of by the end of it he's uh storming the white house to take down uh richard nixon well, let's <laughs> let's let me ask you this then why don't we do this why don't we switch over we're going to jump now to the wild card category sure we'll take a look at the wild card category we'll see what comes out on top in that category yeah. and if black dynamite does not come out on top in that category then um we'll jump back over to the Wayne's brothers and make sure we have one black exploitation movie one of the sure. two makes it well, into the I, finals. Well I I was going to leave it potentially open for more than one selection from Wild Cards only because the first two films that I have listed in this category are, are pretty perfect. Galaxy Quest and Walk Hard the Dewey Cox story. And That's I would have a very hard time trying to choose between those two. Uh Walk Hard is an, another underrated forgotten classic to my mind uh it's uh, the performances are wonderful the the parody songs within it mm-hmm. walk that incredible line and i say this as a person who part of making his living is writing pastiche and parody songs. songs the songs walk that line of being making fun of the original style whether it's folk or rock or or uh beach boys or, or, what or have i'm you. old now or, and here's yeah. everything i've learned it, it takes every single one of those styles pokes fun at it, puts a twist on it, and yet they also stand up as pretty good songs on their own. Mm-hmm. Which is Dan all written Byrne? by Dan Byrne. Uh, a lot yeah. of them were Dan Byrne. I think Mike Viola might have been in on some of them. I have to go back and look. But yeah, it was a, co- a combination of a couple, a number of people. I, I, can, um, I can make it easier for you between those two films. Okay. Galaxy Quest is not a parody. Galaxy Quest is satire. And it's a very specific satire of of the cast of and those personalities and the mm-hmm. fandom around Star Trek in particular, mm-hmm. but it doesn't 
it doesn't parody a Star Trek movie. It doesn't parody the the series. It obviously is made. It does qualify in that it's made with great love. Uh-huh. You can tell that, and it's certainly lampooning. I was thinking about that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, oh no, that's yeah. You go ahead. Yeah, yeah it, I was thinking that when I looked at it, I was like, oh, is Gal- does Galaxy Quest? Basically, we keep eliminating movies not because they're not great, but because they don't specifically fall into yeah, the criteria of a parody movie. Yeah, at least the um, ones we have set up. Yeah, it's, well, it's, at least to Hal. Here's your inhaler. Back. <laughs> That's better. I should go get my actual inhaler. I don't know why. I didn't know I just go get the actual inhaler and do it. And by the way, for those of you at home, he did, of course, make the finger yeah. movement of yeah, the inhaler. Did the yeah, uh, I, I think it falls in the same bucket is the Cornetto films. Yeah. And that where it's, they're great homages. It's more yeah. than parody. Yeah. You can look at it and say it's a million different things. Yeah, the, parody uh, would not even be in the, the top three. It, it, it has been asserted by numerous people and I it, it'd be tough to refute that the best Star Wars movie is Galaxy Quest. Star Trek. Or Star yes. Trek movies. Yeah. 100%. It's yeah. pretty I great. I agree with um, maybe first there's time. also more movies on here that I would that uh, again we keep eliminating them based yeah. on them not being exact of the genre but ones I love I haven't watched it yet this year but I watch it every Christmas is Scrooged um, yeah but that's not a parody that's just a retelling of it's a, the, a, a, of, a version of yeah. but boy it's good uh, it's not to, but we're not knocking this one. No, 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 that's that fine. Can. That's fine. And also I have opinions about Scrooge, but we won't get into those now. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I listened offline, to your, I listened opinions. to your Christmas movie episode with, uh, with, uh, making shouts at my podcast player at oh. the time. Shouts of disagreement. But hey, that's okay because we're not here to discuss that. <laughs> that's right. That's oh, right. I man. think it is fair though to say that Scrooge, uh, should not belong on, on our list of finalists. Right. Yeah. I, um, what is OSS Lost OSS in Rio? OSS was a series. Uh, I think there were two of the movies. They're French movies starring Jean Dujardin, who was in, uh, uh, the, pl- uh, not the, the professional. The, uh, yeah, the, prof- the, uh, the professional. That's what the French ones no, are. The, the French the, people are in the professional. The, the right. silent movie that won the Oscar recently. Oh, yeah. The artist. The artist. Yes. It's great. Uh, and he is playing, it's a sort of, to to a degree, it's in in the Armand Flint in like Flint series in that it is it is parodying Euro spy movies of the fifties, sixties, and seventies. It's based on a series, uh, a lengthy series of novels from the forties and fifties. Uh, and he's this sort of he's a a competent womanizing spy, but he's also sort of they describe it as he's typically French and he's always causing sort of social awkwardness because of his bravado and machismo and right. and all of that and they're uh I think it's fair to say that they are parodies I don't think they were going to be a finalist but I wanted to list them to make sure. it seem like I'm cool and smart by <laughs> including foreign <laughs> well, language well, that, movies. now you've given me new things to see yeah. Other things I have not seen are either of the Flint movies, Our Men Flint, or what's the other one? Uh, In Like Flint. In Like Flint. And that came out the next year. You are not missing a whole lot, but it's just, you know, it's interesting. It, right. They're certainly very of their time. It's right. a progenitor of, of the modern day. Yeah. Uh, parody. Parody. uh, there are, of course, the, the Johnny English movies. Uh, you're, you're, a new one coming out. You're, there is. Uh, that your mileage may vary depending on your tolerance for uh, Rowan Atkinson. And- My tolerance is super high for Rowan Atkinson, so <laughs> I, Rowan I, I will I will happily see. I these. think I've seen the first Johnny English. I don't think I saw the. Is the second one Reloaded? Is that what the second? I think Johnny so. English yeah, is? I I haven't seen it's, the second either. It's good. It doesn't meet. It's more about how outlandish he is than yeah. a parody of the than a full on parody of the genre. Same problem that Spy Hard has is the is. Leslie Nielsen got to the point, and look, it's a great back nine for his career. Mm-hmm. He made a ton of money. Yep. He became famous all over again, more so than he ever did as a dramatic actor. He that like took him to a new level. But it got to the point where it was him making funny faces. He yeah, wasn't playing it straight was, anymore. Yeah. And that's not his fault. That's 
It was in, doing what whatever they yeah. said cut and they were like print that's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah, in my in my head canon I consider that the flailing portion of his career. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Dracula dead and loving it. And for everything past that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, also on this list, we've got, uh, two other great movies, uh, Kung Fu Hustle and Amazon Women on the Moon. Yeah, uh, Kung Fu Hustle is a, a straight up parody. Uh, Stephen Chow, uh, yeah. it's a, uh, Hong Kong film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, it helps to have, uh, a certain degree of background in martial arts, mm-hmm. uh, uh, wirefu style movies, um, but it's it's just it's very outlandish and and kind of winking all and and know it self knowing. But it's also a really well made movie. Uh, he's done another a uh, number of other movies to varying degrees of similar uh, uh, parody ishness. Right. Uh, it's one called Shaolin Soccer, which isn't Shaolin really a parody really per se, like, but yes, yeah, right. Shaolin, Shaolin Soccer. The scene in Shaolin Soccer that makes me jealous of the character is uh, the parallel parking pit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or was that in Kung Fu Hustle? That was in Shaolin Soccer, right? I think so. Where uh, it's this woman, she's a uh, she's like Kung Fu master. Or no, it must have been Kung Fu Hustle then. Oh. Uh, or no, it was Shaolin Soccer. It was. It, and now you're confusing it was, me. Somebody pulls up in front of a parking space and then just full on Bruce Lee punches the car and it moves totally sideways oh. into the parking space. <laughs> I was like, man, I wish yeah. I could park my car like that. Uh, but my understanding is Stephen Chow movies are funnier uh there a lot of the humor is sort of based in chinese culture as well right. things sort of subtleties of chinese chinese culture that we may not be so familiar with right. uh, i still they're still very worthwhile to watch especially if you like if you enjoy kung fu movies uh kung fu hustle is just a ton of fun yeah yeah um also amazon women on the moon amazon I, women I on the moon it, yeah that was a good added, I, I i was yeah. going to ask you though is that that's a sketch movie isn't it's it it's like a series it is a sketch it's, movie but they're all parodying television yeah i'd so they, i'd count it in the in the sort of kentucky fried movie yeah. genre yeah. of gathering some sketches and on film and putting them in the theater yeah. much like say you know money pythons um uh and now for something completely different mm-hmm. yes or or like uh meaning of life which is a series yeah. of fun sketches yeah also. so uh, i also again just for completeness sake i also put a million ways to die in the west uh by not good uh, seth, seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Yeah. i'm always confusing not, seth not for me yeah it was not uh, you know the the parody element stuff in it. the parody element was you're putting uh, a main character and a lot of content of modern sensibilities in a western setting right yeah they it had its moments uh it was not particularly funny um so so looking at this list we've got to decide we've got walk hard basically the two contenders that it looks like are coming out of the wild card are walk, walk hard, hard the dewey cox story and black, black dynamite. dynamite i'm going to admit i have not seen black dynamite okay Neither. i and i also will say i don't think the winner is in this column i don't either. so i will I leave it to you paul to pick oh uh, i love them both but as far as sort of pure parody uh i think I'm going to go with Black Dynamite because their Walk Hard has its moments where it wheezes and slows down and misses harder okay. than Black Dynamite does. All right. Uh, I included Parker, Trey Parker and Matt Stone in here mainly because of Team America World Police. Sure, Team America yeah. World Police. Basketball's uh, fun. It's not a parody, really. Yeah, no, it is. That's their airplane. You think it's, it's a, sort of well, it's, it's not it's not really um it's somewhat parodying sort of the sports yeah, genre, yeah. sports movie genre. But it's not it's not really a not parody so much as it is just a joke delivering machine. Yeah. It's not their best work. Team America. I mean, everything they do is joke a minute. Orgasmo, which is a very yeah. good movie they made, is, yeah. is a joke a minute as well. Mm-hmm. Way better than basketball. 
Uh, yeah. But the Team America World Police. Team America World Police is definitely is a, a parody of uh, international spy films and, mm-hmm. and American exceptionalism and films. The, and, the and, and marionette films. The Thunderbirds movies yeah. particularly. Yeah. Uh, I found it very, very funny when I watched it in the theater. Their, you know, their humor is all about pushing boundaries and shocking uh, they they succeed less in when they're trying to say something about a thing or mm-hmm. having a point of view other than that sucks. Right. Um, yeah. But that said, there are you know some of some of my favorite cinematic jokes are in that movie. There is also a monologue at the end of that movie that is so good that yeah. I can barely say any words from, so I won't even bother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on this podcast, uh, uh, there is also a great deal of what we would probably term problematic racism in that movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, pointed towards, uh, Kim, Kim Jong Il yeah. at the time. That's right. It was Kim Jong Il. Uh, yeah. which, uh, we must all reckon with those of us who found that movie funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is, it is still fair to say that there, there's a lot of great jokes in it. Uh, I, I would not consider it a finalist okay so then we can outright lose uh we can lose that column th- i think so i, I certainly well like, we're, we could, we're cutting swaths we out. could vote for one i just i know it's not gonna win right yeah, so I'm let's just cut that it. time out um, at that argument uh since we have black dynamite taken i think we can probably take the wayans verse out of contention you want to you want to so lose, we're lose scary movie up? entirely uh well i guess we didn't really talk about we scary talk movie about it's scary been so long since i've seen yeah. scary movie i honestly can't truly uh have a strong opinion about it because they i've seen bits and pieces of the others so i can't remember which is from which like there was the right. one that lampooned that nike commercial of dribbling in the dark was that from scary movie I two either one or, or two. three i don't know uh look we're we're 52 minutes into the episode all right and we well, have not mentioned mel brooks let's okay let's go there then uh mel brooks the the other tent pole in the parody i told yeah genre i told you when we started this i was like they're going to be there's going to be two that we're choosing between and i think it's he's mel brooks has made some he is the i don't know i don't know why we skipped over him and did all the other ones first because we knew we were going to because we knew we were going to have to talk about mel brooks just to list um, them off i i picked all please. the movies that i think count as parodies from his his uh filmography blazing saddles young frankenstein obviously the mm. the two that we're going to be talking about he also did silent movie high, high anxiety which is underrated it's not as funny as the other two but it is maybe the purest parody he did of hitchcock films to the yep. point of using hitchcock's uh, director of photography, a lot of the same settings. Um, History of the World Part One, Spaceballs, Robin Hood Men in Tights, and Dracula Dead and Loving It. Uh, let's talk Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. Yeah, the other ones are great. They're a lot of fun. Spaceballs was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Um, but it's Blazing Saddles or Young Frankenstein. I thought this whole thing was going to be us talking about is it Airplane or Blazing Saddles? Um, uh, well, he, okay. See, here's, here's the thing. Uh, and we can call back to, uh, my good friend Travis McElroy, who I have lengthy discussions over, uh, mm-hmm. which is the, the funnier movie, Blazing Saddles or Young Frankenstein, cause I go back and forth probably once every six months. Uh, Blazing Saddles, all said and done, I think is the funnier movie. Mm-hmm. Young Frankenstein, I think is the better parody. Why? Because I think it's, it's hewing more closely to that specific style. It's use, I mean, it's dedicated to the black and white photography. It's using a lot of the original set pieces from the, the, yeah. 
uh, the the original Frankenstein uh, lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's following. I didn't know he used the set pieces. That's cool. Yeah, yep. yeah. They found him like in the Universal Archive somewhere or something, and just put him on set. Uh, it is following. I I think it follows a more overall coherent storyline. I mean, granted, part of Blazing Saddles in the end is that it all falls apart and everything mm-hmm. sort of blows up and gets a little more cartoonish. I I like the I like the construction of young frankenstein's script more even though it's they're both uh, as many of these movies are they're both a little sketch ish right like within them they're there are their tentpole scenes yeah that, you like know. young frankenstein the whole sequence uh with uh gene hackman as the blind man it is mm-hmm. it is a direct callback to a similar scene from one of the frankenstein movies uh the original right the original i believe yeah. but it is also very much just a self-contained sketch Mm-hmm. Or him with the little girl at at the uh, side of the the pond. Mm-hmm. Another one, straight from the original movie, but also just a self contained sketch to get some laughs. But you turn it into. But it like I just feel like the flow of Young Frankenstein, the huge amounts of love for the original mm-hmm. uh, that just course through that movie, and the performances. I mean, the performances in both movies, I believe, are flawless, yeah. and the casting is flawless. But when it, if we're talking about parody. Like Blazing Saddles is, for me, more of sort of using the setting as a social commentary. That's because so much of this is like parody and satire get teamed up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a real fine distinction, I think. But I, I, I think I, I agree with you in that as something as you've got something as narrow as the 1930s universal black and white monster movies. Mm hmm. Uh, versus something as broad and general as Westerns. Westerns. Yeah. Um, so your parody is going to be tighter when you're parodying That's something so narrow. Exactly. And it's, it's got a tighter focus and right. therefore it's sort of does, easier does, to hit does, the targets. Does the Western just become a setting then more in Blazing Saddles? That's interesting. I totally thought it was going to be Blazing Saddles versus I don't, airplane, but I can see. Uh, Hal, you've been from. silent so far, and you've got a contemplative look on your face. I don't think Blazing Saddles is a parody film at all. I think it is a comedy film set in the West. I do not think it is a love letter to the Western. I don't think it hits Are we on just, a lot of the tropes of Westerns. I think it's. I think it. If it's for the sake of social commentary, mm-hmm. then we're in. We're now we're in satire. Mm-hmm. I would accept it more as a satire film, which I don't really think it is either. I, I, Come on. I, I hold, a satire film. I hold I, – I think it, the argument can be made that you get a bunch of white Jewish writers in a room and then you bring in Richard Pryor and you keep saying, is this OK? Can we say this? Is this OK? Is this all right? And that <laughs> that lets you get away with things that you can't do without him mm-hmm. on the staff. If that If that had been written by Richard Pryor – in its entirety, if it was a Richard Pryor movie mm-hmm. that they all worked on, then I would be a little bit better with it. And I love Blazing Saddles. I love all of Mel Brooks' yep. stuff except for Life Stinks. I don't really like Robin Hood. Don't care for Dracula. Doesn't love it. Like his you, later you stuff. And, you and I are the same. But yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, uh, I think. I think. Uh, I still think. For me personally, the producers is his best movie. But to me, that's the one I. It's the one I maybe rewatch most. That or yeah. that or Young Frankenstein. I think one A is Young Frankenstein. I think Young Frankenstein is is pretty much a flawless movie, top to bottom. And I don't. I think because of the third act issue that Blazing Saddles has, where it's like we don't know how to end it, so we're just going to go crazy. Yeah. That that to me is not an ending. That is let's use a gag to hide the fact that we don't really have an ending, and it's fine. It works well. Yeah. But yeah. In terms of a well crafted piece of parody. 
the fact that it's even if it's even if you're doing an entire genre, airplane is an entire genre, but they hit specific beats and they hit them really hard, mm-hmm. and they're playing off of the tropes in a way that Blazing Saddles does not. Mm-hmm. So I would not. I would. Blazing Saddles has parody elements to it, but I would not call it a parody film. And it's, I mean, but it's most decidedly a satire. Yes, but satire yeah. and parody aren't the, this isn't right. the greatest yeah. satire film. No, um, I know. I was just going back when you said you wouldn't call Blazing Saddles a satire film. No, I said it's, I think it's more of a satire film. Okay. And I, I, there's a part of me that questions, I'm seeing the argument can be made. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's got elements of satire. I think it's got elements of parody. It's, it's, but it's uh, not a, it's strictly a parody film the way that, I think I think certainly I, not no. compared to like an airplane or a right. Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Young Frankenstein is more of a black dynamite. Um, now uh, here's a little factoid while we're talking about uh, yes. uh, Richard Pryor being on the writing staff for Blazing Saddles. Uh, according to the commentary, he didn't actually contribute a lot, or at least directly write a lot of the uh, openly racial jokes and content of that movie, but he did write the Mongo only pawn in Game of Life. Sure, joke, that line is so funny, which is so great. Um, <laughs> all right, fellas, if I may. And uh, uh, one last thing, I will make a shout out, a, a non sequitur shout out to the fact that I believe, uh, Madeline Kahn's performance in Blazing Saddles is the greatest comedy performance set on film. Yeah, it's, oh, God. That's a so strong argument. That I go back and rewatch, like, just, just that scene of her singing. Just, and I'm then, tired. Her, yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired. And then the scene with Cleavon Little after that. It is. Yep. She is. So oh, great. she was so sublime. I she miss her so yeah. very, very much. Yeah. Uh, but so all of that said, all of that I, said, I believe, I believe we come down to young Frankenstein, right? We've come down to here are, here are our, our, uh, four. four. We have four in the finals. Um, and I, 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 I'm fascinated by the four that are in there. Well, and it was kind of generated by the, 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 the structure, the structure. We did eliminate some. Some heavy hitters. Yeah. Um, so the four in our finals are Black Dynamite, Austin Powers, the, uh, the original Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, uh, Airplane, and Young Frankenstein. So we're going to take Austin Powers off the board at the yeah, top, right? we're going to take Austin go Powers ahead. off. Love it, but it's not going to win. No, it's not going to win. And then do you want to go ahead and take Black, Bun- Black Dynamite off the board and then Young Frankenstein? <laughs> yeah, let's do that and then just say that the greatest parody film of all time is Airplane. Do you, do you think it can play out any other way than Airplane being... I would... I might fight hard that Young Frankenstein might beat Airplane. Airplane is... Airplane is very funny. You might fight hard or you're about to fight hard. I'm about hard. to fight hard. Okay. And, and the only reason I'm, I'm taking- team airplane And 100%. honestly, the only reason I'm taking Black Dynamite off the board is because neither of you have seen it and I don't think we're right. going to make an authoritative decision. Right. So right. let's call it a honorable mention or a win with an asterisk if, if sure. we will. Honorable mention's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> again, both movies done with tremendous love for their source material. Mm-hmm. Uh, both movies just gag machines. Very few misses. Mm-hmm. Uh, airplane, uh, as we say, has going for it that it's set the, it's set the, uh, precedent of serious actors mm-hmm. doing serious things in a funny setting. Uh, also, more problematic humor of its time, yes, but more problematic humor. Young Frankenstein is even more older evergreen. than old, older than Airplane. I consider it maybe a little more evergreen. Mm-hmm. I think Young Frankenstein, you know, it's more of a coherent actual movie like it's it's got it's it feels a little bit more like movie with a lot of jokes in it as opposed to airplane which is joke machine that has a story running through it just to give it some direction although 
they parody a specific disaster movie. They do. And then parody every other disaster movie in that era. And then parody everything. And somehow they can, like they parody stuff that isn't disaster movie. So really the, the argument here is the, Shotgun approach versus the laser beam approach. Yeah, it it kind of is. And uh, well, here's is now. So does Young Frankenstein, which parodies mostly one thing extremely well. Yeah. Or Airplane, which parodies a great number of things very very well, but it's a much wider spray. Here, here's my. But also started the genre. I want to know: Is this? Are we talking about the best parody movie or the best movie that parodies something? Because that because. Uh, of these, Young Frankenstein is the is a better film mm-hmm. all around, uh, and it parodies something. Uh-huh. I don't even know if I would. I don't even know if I would one hundred percent refer to it as a parody film. It is. It is the clearest. I mean, if you're going to go between Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles, it's definitely more of a parody. I would yeah. say Robin Hood and uh, Men in Tights and Spaceballs are more parody films than yeah. anything else mm-hmm. he did. And even Dracula did, loving it. Uh, yep. those are more clear parodies where it's like, we're going to make these ridiculous. The reason why I would categorize it that way and w- what we think of a parody film is based pretty much entirely on airplane. That's mm-hmm. the standard set of what is a parody movie? <laughs> airplane is a parody By the movie. Way, How does everything else measure up to it? I have to throw this in there at this point. Um, I was incorrect. I looked at some dates and we keep saying that airplane started the genre, created this genre. Which it really did, I think, if you think about parody Certainly the movies, modern genre. The modern genre. Yes. But most of these Mel Brooks movies came out before that. Sure. This yeah. is true. Um, um, Young Frankenstein 70, was 74. Yeah. yeah I was thinking, I was thinking, uh, as we're talking, like, they, they set right. the, set the tone of the, you know, gag a minute, throw it all at the wall kind and of parody. And maybe just because movie. that's what I think a parody movie uh-huh. is. Um, it is interesting. I keep coming back now to this. Is it the laser focus of Young Frankenstein or is it the, Shotgun. Is yeah. it the rifle or the shotgun? Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, I'm still leaning toward airplane being, I mean, it, as, as far as a parody, a parody movie that comes from all angles and is just a classic laugh a second. That for me is airplane. Yeah, it's, it's relentless. I mean, every scene in Young Frankenstein has a laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Every, every 30 seconds of airplane has a laugh and you will miss things. If you're not paying attention, they will sneak stuff past you mm-hmm. that you will catch in later viewings. Things happening in the background, visual gags. I mean, I, like I could name, I could probably give you in a very short period of time, 15 individual gags from airplane that I remember really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can give you scenes in Young Frankenstein and, and mm-hmm. moments that I really like, but yeah. not particular gags outside of the constable who's got the wooden arm and he keeps positioning it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like those Kenneth are Mars. Yeah. So great. So many people we lost. Thank goodness they're there. We have so much of their work dedicated yeah. to film that we can enjoy for goodness sakes. People of the world. <laughs> Whilst Young Frankenstein is a tremendous loving tribute to the universal horror films we know and love, and specifically the Frankenstein, the original 1931 Frankenstein? 1930 blah, Frankenstein? 31. <laughs> 31 or 34. Uh, I think Dracula was 31, maybe Frankenstein was 34. Yeah. You might be right. Nonetheless, people of the world, we're here to talk about the best parody movie. And the best parody movie, according to our judgment, 
is the one that really set the modern standard. How many how many gags? Well, one sitting right over here. One right here. That's me. You're you're a gag a minute. Oh. But also this movie was just going to throw it all at the wall. Didn't care how sophisticated or dumb it was. It was going to put it out there. It was going to play with the tropes of zero hour and airline disaster films. And if you didn't like that joke, just wait around for about 10 to 12 more seconds because another one was coming. Zucker Abrams and Zucker, congratulations. You created the best parody film in Airplane. Surely you can't be serious. Of course I'm serious. And don't call me Shirley. I love it. Paul Saborn, thank you for joining us. (laughs) Oh, what a treat, Paul. Uh, I love having you here. And I love that you just launched into <laughs> I, I want to do that every single time it's we come so on this good. show. The, the 2019 Joko Cruise is sold out, but 2020 is on sale. 2020 has just gone on sale. Do you know when this uh, podcast will come It'll out? It'll be out early 2019. Early 2019. Sure. It should uh, theoretically still be on sale if it has not sold out yet. Um, if it has, oh, it if, it, if it has, kudos if it's sold out. If yeah. it has, then hooray for me. Um, Get a rowboat and just paddle yes, alongside the, it. We were yeah. on the one two years ago. Yeah, we're going to be on the rowboat this year. We're so going to be on a jump rowboat. on our <laughs> rowboat. Yeah. Here. You guys are just going to be uh, water skiing behind. We're just yeah. have a very long rope. Oh yeah, the WGT co cruise is happening. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the two of us in a dinghy off of San Pedro. <laughs> the WGT co cruise. So yeah. it's the we got this Colton cruise. Uh huh. Just be on a couple of jet skis spinning around Marina del Rey. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, Joko Cruise is happening. Uh, twenty twenty will be March seventh through fourteenth, twenty twenty. It comes out of Fort Lauderdale and stops in the Bahamas and Santo Domingo and Grand Turk. It's going to be a tremendous lineup of musicians and comedians and writers and creative people. It's going to be our tenth sailing of joko cruise wow. we cannot believe we've been doing this this Ten long years, it will be geez. the whole ship it's going to be tremendous it's nerd summer camp at sea uh and you should look into it uh also uh i'm part of a music comedy duo named paul and storm at paul and storm on the various socials media uh, we also write for mystery science theater the second season of which is on netflix now we uh wrote did some writing on the episodes and also wrote all of the music for this season some hilarious songs very proud awesome. very proud of it uh so check those things out amazing there well you thank you for being here thank yes. you for having this, me this was I, awesome. I always whenever i'm coming into town i sort of tentative because i don't want to be that guy that's always asking to be on your podcast <laughs> oh, we always but, want you on our podcast yeah. okay well thank open you. invitation i'm coming back next week yeah <laughs> 52 um, weeks of paul yeah love it uh, thank you, uh, Paul, and uh, and th- this was super fun. The, these, this topic is discussed and closed and asked and answered, uh, but many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or check out the Maximum Fun subreddit or email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail dot com or talk parody films, share clips from your favorite parody films. Do it all at our Facebook group, facebook dot com forward slash groups forward slash We Got This Podcast. Thank you, producer Ken Plume. Researcher Kate McManus, although for this for this week, guest, guest researcher, researcher Paul Saborin, uh, <laughs> QA engineer Jen Alba, and graphic designer Uri Kilman. And thank you, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And to you, listening in your car or your boat or your RV or your... Airplane. Uh, airplane. <laughs> oh. Brought it around. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
listener supported.